Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Well, hi, how are you going? Uh, a bit quiet in here. We'll try that again. How are you going? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> G'day, mate. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's a bit cold for me at the moment. Uh, it's quite warm in Brisbane, about 35 degrees. Um, but my family's asleep. Sorry they couldn't make it. They just live the other side of Burgess Hill there, um, about 16,539 kilometres away. Um, uh, if you ever want to get a numb bum, you just get on economy for 24 hours <laughs> and uh, it all sorts you out. But today I've really got a word from the Lord. You know, a week ago I was sitting uh, at home um, uh, in Brisbane and the Lord clearly, clearly told me that he wanted to speak, me to speak from a certain scripture that I'd never spoken on before. Um, and it was from Romans chapter 12, verse 6. And we know what this scripture probably says because it's a very familiar scripture because it's talking about the gifts. And the gifts of the Spirit are so important for our lives uh, and building our lives up. But this scripture says, Let him who prophesies do so according to the faith that he has within him. Um, and so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey and I'm going to teach you today what that means. Because this is what God told me. He says he wants to make this church a prophetic community. Okay? So that, that, in, that means that you have to show initiative. How many of you love getting fit? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the reason I ask that is because 90% of you probably don't, okay, and the 10% who do are, are hardcore people, right? Um, <laughs> because I'm the kind of person that for 30 years I've done half an hour of workout every single day. So I know what, the, what my body needs every day. To, to sustain itself. So I, I have intrinsic motivation from inside of me that tells me that I've got to do my exercise every day. I don't have other people telling me that I've got to do that, right? I have members of my household that I check with on a daily basis and I tell them, have you done your 10,000 steps for the day? Have you done your 5,000 steps for the day? They've got Apple Watches to tell them that they've done that and, if, and they make all kinds of excuses like, uh, my phone's, my, my watch is flat, my, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But I'm intrinsically motivated and I know that my Christian life has to be intrinsically motivated for it to work. I can't expect to sit on, on, on a chair and let God do everything for me. He gives me a pattern in the scripture and, the, and there's all these patterns all across scripture and he gives us patterns so that we can instill them into our own life. So I'm going to give you one of these patterns this morning and I don't want you to look up the scripture. I'm just going to quote some scripture to you as I go along. And then I'm going to come back to my main scripture, okay? So Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. And God said, let there be light. A few verses later, let there be. A few verses later, let there be. A few verses later, let there be. All through that first chapter of the book of Genesis, there is a pattern over and over again. And God's saying, let there be, let there be. What's he doing? He's prophesying or foretelling. That's what prophecy is, is foretelling what's inside of him. He's creating the universe out of his imagination. 
He's creating the universe out of what's in him, okay? Because he wanted a beautiful place and that's what it was. So he says, let there be light. It's coming out of him. What do we know about God? God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. It's part of himself. He's creating the world. Then he decides that he would create man in his own image and breathe into him the breath of life because he wanted man to take dominion over the earth and do exactly what he was doing. So all through the scripture we find this repetition of of let it be, what's in here comes out my mouth, what's in here comes out my mouth and it becomes a supernatural transaction. And so when the Bible says to us in Romans chapter 12, it says that all prophesy, let people prophesy according to the faith that's inside of you. It's telling you that God wants you to deal with the faith inside of you and to speak out of your mouth what he's showing you in your spirit. And if you can do that on a regular basis, then you as a group of people, you become a prophetic community. And this is what God's after. He's after us speaking those things that are not as if they are and they will become. Do you, do you understand that? And, and we deal with a God who is not limited to our imagination, who can do far much more than we can ask, think or imagine, the Bible says. This is what God does. Okay, So I want to deal with these two aspects this morning. You've got on one hand, you've got faith. On the other hand, you've got confession. How many of you do confession? How many of you know about confession? Right? Um, we, we, the, the Catholic Church or the formal church, they do confession. Now, I'm not sure whether, um, you know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, you know, and they sit behind the box and all the rest of it, and, and, uh, and then you confess your sins. I, 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 I understand where they're trying to get at there, but, but this, is, this is what we have inside. We confess futuristically, okay? This is all about foretelling. It hasn't happened yet, okay? So this word prophecy in, in chapter 12 of uh, Romans is about you speaking the mind and the desires of God into being through your prayer. It changes the way that you do prayer. Instead of you being um, um, backward or passive in your prayer, you start to step forward, and what, this is what Jesus was teaching in Matthew's gospel when he said, when you pray, this is how our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it's in heaven, so be it, let it be on earth. It's not me asking with a sense of uh, please, pretty please, it's me declaring what God wants through my mouth into the earth. This is why I'm the body of Christ. I am part of the body of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. And God's body needs to bring that kingdom to be through the prayers that we pray, but we've got to pray them in a certain way. Now, if I go, if I go to um, the book of, uh, one, say, one uh, first book of Psalms. Sorry, my brain's trying to click. It's a bit tired. Um, First book of Psalms, uh, and, and ch chapter 1 of Psalms, and it says this, He who meditates on my law day and night will be like a tree planted beside water whose roots go down, whose leaf does not wither. Check this out, check this out. And whatever he touches prospers. So what's that? That is a prophetic anointing on your, on your system that makes everything live around you. 
That's why I, I when I go, I said, I'm going to some places, like, let, 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 me, let me put this. I went into um, I, um, that big cathedral that overlooks um, Paris, you know, and I'll be full of stories today, so I'll try not to get too caught away. But I went, I went into that cathedral and I watched people praying and tears were flowing down their face and they were kneeling on these, uh, uh, you know, all over the place. There was benches all over the place and people were kneeling on these benches all over the place and they're crying to God to answer their prayer. And I'm in there going, oh, give me a guitar, give me a something, I'll get up the front there and we'll have some, we'll get these people understanding that God so loves them and wants to reach out and do good to them because, because that's what he wants. But he wants us as a collective group of people to be so concerned with the dying lost that we speak life into our community. You understand that? So 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is my main scripture. And when this comes up on the, on the screen, which I hope it does this morning, I want us to stand together because I will do this all the time. I want us to stand together to honour God's word. This is part of my formal kind of loving of church. Um, I like to stand for the reading of God's word. Could you do that with me as we read God's word together? And we're going to read, we're going to read some of these scriptures, not all of them, okay? So this is the scripture and it says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather that you all prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now we're going to drop down to verse uh, 24. Uh, verse 24. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they will be convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God. God is really among you. Do you see that? You, I mean, unbelievers coming into your church, falling down because you discuss, you're, you're in this whole environment. You can be seated. I'm getting animated. You, you, can, you can be in this environment where your, your heart, where you're prophesying together and the atmosphere of prophecy is happening so much that you can see into other people's lives. So, so this is what I do. I, I, I dream a lot. I wish God would not annoy me at night, but I do dream a lot at night. And I dream a lot about other, situa other situ situations and other people. And one of those people just recently I dreamed about was my son. Okay? I dreamed about my son. He got, he'd bought himself a laptop and in the dream and he'd shoved it under the bed. Okay? And he'd hidden it from his wife. And I thought, what's this about? So in the morning I rang him. I said, what are you hiding from your wife? And he goes, you're kidding. <laughs> he goes, I was trying to watch a movie 
And God, the Holy Spirit, told me to switch it off and I was hiding it from my wife and I didn't do it. And right there, God was telling the secrets of his heart to me in a dream and I got up in the morning and I rang him. That's the way it's meant to be. It's encouraging somebody to live the life, the righteous life that God wants for them. But it's, if we're doing it together, we're watching one another's back. We're, 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 we're caring for one another. And in that environment of caring for one another and speaking and edifying one another with prophetic words, the secrets of man's hearts are revealed. An unbeliever comes through your door and all of a sudden, boom, you say, oh, I saw you with Susie last week. Down, you know, it's, Don't tell my wife. It will shock them. God knows everything about everything. And God wants us to be a prophetic people. He wants us to get into the environment where we prophesy to the community what God's desire is. I was trying to teach my children this because, um, and I'm sorry if you're taking notes, I'm probably a little bit hard to follow this morning because I'm just too excited. Um, but this is what happens. My dad taught me a culture of prophecy. As I grew up, I could go to my dad's library, I could pull out one of his journals, and he would put in there, I would like to see this happen, Lord, by this date, and then he'd put the date it was, it was answered. And he's, he did this with all of his children. I want to see my children saved by this date. There's the answer. I want to see all my children filled with the Spirit by this date. There's the answer. I want to see all my children called to the ministry by this date. There's the answer. And he charted his life that way. So he took me into his life, into his prayer life, and he taught me a culture of prayer and declaration. And I implemented that everywhere I went in ministry life. I just implemented it. I formed a culture of prayer. Where did that come from? It came from my father. But I taught it to my children. My son is scary prophetically. Scary. He rang me up just a, a, few, a little while ago and said, listen, I was... Going, I was in my car, I was going down the road and I got this sense that people were talking about me outside, out of turn in a meeting across town. He says, I've just got a picture. And then he says, it was like audio in the car. The Holy Spirit took me from here and he put me right in that meeting and I heard them talking about my name and disparaging me. So you know what I did? I rang them while I was in the car. <laughs> and they were right in that meeting and the guy had to admit that they were talking about me. Right? And I said, that's it, boy, right there, that's it, you got it. I said, that's the Holy Spirit helping you. I said, don't, don't have to be subject to people gossiping about you like that. I said, that's, that's encouraging. So I had a really good day that day, uh, uh, you know, because I was teaching my children all through their growing up that they could make declarations and they could see dreams and visions and they could pray and see things happen. So this is one of the things I did with my children. I got them together, we were in the yard, I was doing some work, they were, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper at that stage, and I said to them, oh, I said, we need some bikes because they wanted to learn to bike. We had one bike at home, we didn't have the resources at the time for a new bike. So I said, come, come, come here. I said, what bike do you want, son? He says, I want a black bike. I want training wheels on my bike. It's very specific, when you ask a kid, it's very specific, right? And that, I said, oh, that sounds good. I said, what about you, to my daughter, what about you? She says, I want a pink bike 
with frilly little bits hanging off the handlebars, what's, what they call it, you know, whatever it is, you know, with training wheels. I said, right, hold my hand. We're sitting in the yard. It's a really holy place, right? Sitting in the yard going, in the name of Jesus, I said, Lord, I declare those bikes into, into place today, those bikes into place. You've heard our conversation. Let them be. Three weeks later, I'm, I'm just doing some mowing, as you do in tropics, because the grass grows as you look at it. Um, <laughs> and I'm doing some mowing, and in backs a four-wheel drive. And he opens the back, and he pulls out a black bike with training wheels. Then he pulls out a pink bike with frilly bits. And he says, I just thought you might need these. My children, my children are watching. My children are watching. This is what I'm trying to get to you today. My children are watching this happen. They've been part of the prayer. My children all follow Jesus today. Why? Because he's real to them. And then I wanted to take them one step further past that because I wanted them to believe for something that they could give to somebody else. Not just for themselves, but to give to somebody else. So you know what I did? I, I was quickened. You get quickened in your spirit. Well, you, you, the Holy Spirit quickens you. I was watching a program on TV, right, um, Life TV, and they said, we need, if you give $1,000 to us today, this is a pastor saying, if you give us $1,000, we'll keep 110 kids alive for the space of three months. I said, that's it. I had my kids with me. I said, that's it. I said, we got no $1,000, but God does. I said, hold my hands. So we did the same thing, and I said, in the name of Jesus. At that time, I was believing for a family holiday as well, and uh, we'd been praying about that for a while. But I just said, let this be. I said, Lord, you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. I said, give us some seed so we can sow. I said, so we can keep these people alive. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I declare that to be. And you know what? Three days later, I get contacted from a friend of mine in another country, and he says, what's your account number? What's your BSB number? I just want to bless you. He gave me $1,000 plus the money for my holiday. Do you understand that? And, I, and my children saw that happen because I declared with them it into being. Do you understand? If you are going to prophesy, do it according to the faith that you have inside of you because the faith that you have inside of you, you, have inside of you is given to you by God and can increase. You can increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. As I spend time in the Word, as I spend time in prayer, my faith rises and all of a sudden God starts to tell me stuff that's happening in my community. My grandmother, she used to go past a nightclub, right? She hated that nightclub, right? She absolutely said, she hated that nightclub with a passion. Why? Because she saw young people falling out of that place drunk. So she, what she, she, did she do while she was alive? She went, I cursed that thing in Jesus' name and I commanded it to close down. It closed down shortly after she started saying that and didn't open up until she died. Do you understand? When we get quickened by the Spirit to see something happen in our community, we don't have to have this doing, we don't have to do this loudly. We don't have to yell and scream. We can sit. The Bible says when you pray, do it in secret. Go into your bedroom, close the door. Don't tell anybody you're doing it. Just do it in secret. And you can do it quietly but with authority. That should suit the, the English, you know, English thing, you know. <laughs> I'm probably a little bit louder because I come from over there, you know. Um, but, yeah, just, we, we, it's not blab it and grab it. It's been quickened by the Spirit that I can have good things come into my life. 
My wife, uh, sorry, I'm getting caught away with these stories, but they just keep rolling through my head. And I hope, I hope you just give me a little bit of time this morning. I know I've got about 25 minutes, and that was about 15 minutes ago. But um, I, I, was, I was thinking about one of the... I, I moved to England many years ago to be a youth pastor, and at the time I said, look, th- Lord, this, you know what we need. You know what we need. I said, um, I've got these old cars here, Lord. They're still good running order. And I, I, I said... You know what, Lord? I'm just going to sow these cars, and I'm going to I'm going to believe for you to give me some cars where I'm going. <laughs> you know, and so I found really needy people, and I gave them cars. They were overwhelmed. I gave them my cars. When I got here to England, I was just sitting there one day with my wife, and in walks these gentlemen from the church, and they said, "We bought you two cars." I said, "It was the best cars that I'd ever had," and I thought to myself. God knows what you need before, before you know it. He knows what you need. And as you start to say, as you're quickened by the Spirit, that's why, that's why God wants to reward you openly. It says in Matthew, it says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, do it in secret and I will reward you openly. It's all this thing. You've got to join with God in his purposes. <coughs> Prophesy and see it happen. We used to... Uh, we used to run um, baptisms, which we called prophetic baptisms. And we did this in a number of places I've been in my ministry life. That um, We used to put the pool up, and nobody's getting baptised, but people would write names of people they wanted to see come to Jesus. Right. And they would come, they'd bring these names. And it, the atmosphere was electric. What? And they were saying, in the name, we pray these prayers. In the name of Jesus, we call these people. And their names were hitting the pool before them, right? And we throw them in the pool. And we declare them to come to the kingdom. And the amount of people that got baptized that were declared to come into the kingdom, that their names were in there was amazing. We had a book of life that sat at the front of one of the churches I pastored, Okay. It was called the Book of Life. People would come and write their names of people that they wanted to see come to know Jesus. And we would lift that book up and declare people to come to know Jesus. The amount of people that came to know Jesus out of that Book of Life was amazing. What were we doing? We were joining with Jesus in his purpose. You may be here this morning. The only way that you can do this, the only way that you can do this is by experiencing it in your own personal life. And as you experience in your own personal life, in your own personal situations, then you bring it to church and together, you, I'm telling you now, it, it will blow your mind what God could do through you. And I finish this morning because this is only an introduction, really. I could probably preach for six weeks. The amount of information on this stuff in here, I'm giving you an introductory today. But all through the book of Proverbs is telling you the fruit of your lips you will live. The fruit of your lips you will live. By the fruit of your lips you will live. It's telling you that God wants you to speak the things that are in his heart into the open. Because the moment you do that, something transforms. Where do we get that from? We get that from Romans chapter 10, don't we? In Romans chapter 10 it says, you don't have to call the law down from heaven, it says. The word is nigh you. It's near you. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Romans chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ, as him being raised from the dead, you will be saved. 
what do you do? You are prophesying your own salvation. The moment you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you have a supernatural transaction happens and it takes you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that's a supernatural thing, but it's part of the pattern. And God wants you to do that all the time with everything. So, so for example, um, Hannah with the youth or, or, or Tom with the, you know, Thomas with the, with the band or whatever. Imagine, imagine if they didn't have a great bass player like they had this morning, right, and you were lacking something. You could get up and you could say, in the name of Jesus, we call a bass player into our church. May he be of this calibre. May he know this stuff. And, and then a few weeks later, maybe a guy's standing in the foyer going, um, I, I feel like I should be here and I'm, what, what do you do? I'm a really good bass player. And then you go, oh, we've been expecting you. Um, you go, Come, you know. <laughs> why, why? Because you've prophesied it into being. That's what we do. We need this in church life. Lord. Yes, we need leaders in church life. We, we can call people, the youth. You can call people. We can, we can pray and pray and pray and call people supernaturally and your youth group grows and grows and grows. Then you've got other problems, haven't you? You've got to say, well, where, where's my leaders? And then you've got to prophesy them into the disciples. suggested you do it at the same time. <laughs> but, but, but that's what you've got to do. You don't sit on your, your laurels and say, oh, I'll just let this happen. No, it's got to be intrinsically motivated from inside your spirit. I'm telling you there's seasons in my life where God bothers me in the night hours and he shows me stuff and I get up in the night and I've got, I've got to say, what? Lord, wow, that is amazing. And I start to prophesy those things and just in the dark, in quietly, so I don't wake my wife up, so I don't get into trouble, <laughs> you know, because I am a fourth child, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, but <laughs> I get into trouble with my wife a lot. Um, but, my, but my wife, you know, my wife and I dream, she, not as much as me, but we dream. We dream about what God wants to do in the earth. And sometimes the Lord has, has woken me up in dreams about churches. Wait a billio from me. And he says, I want you to write them a letter and, and send them this because I want to do a great thing in their church. So I'll write them a letter and, and, and um, the elders respond to me. And, and that's what I do. But I hold the office of a prophet. Like I have a prophet, prophetic thing on my life. So I'm standing here this morning. I'm not standing here as a pastor. I'm standing here and I'm a pro- prophetic gift. And a prophetic gift is different than, than um, us all prophesying. A prophetic gift is somebody who brings a sense of the, the purpose of God. It's a really supernatural thing, but it's also for the training of believers. So a prophetic person who has that office trains believers how to be prophetic. Okay? It's the same as evangelists. Evangelists aren't here just to win the world. They're here to train believers in how to win the world. That's, what, that's the way it works. Okay? And so I'm here in the capacity of what God's placed in my life and God's placed in my life a prophetic anointing. And so he sent me all the way from the other side of the world to here just to do this this morning so that I can be part of destroying the evil one. Do you understand that? That's what's on my life. And what I'm trying to get you to understand this morning is God wants to use you as an individual to declare his purposes in your community. Wow. Wow. And I'm finishing with this one last story because this is, my, this is my main illustration. I was about to catch a plane. I was catching a plane from, from Brisbane to Christchurch. I was pastoring in Christchurch and 
Um, it, was a, it landed at midnight. It's a, it a short flight. It's only about three and a half hours. You know, it's not like 24 hours. Um, <laughs> but it's three and a half hours. So I was lining up and, you know, you get your ticket and you, you're heading for the gate and all of a sudden I'm in the line and all of a sudden these, these supernatural thoughts from the Holy Spirit come into my mind. And I, I said, okay, um, he says, I want to, it, I get this really crazy idea that God wants to use me to, to share my, the, about faith with somebody on the aircraft. Now, I'm a shy individual. I'm not an extrovert. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. My wife tends to be extrovert, but I'm, a, I'm an introvert. And, I, and I, when I get into public places, I try to behave myself, okay? So I'm getting on this aircraft, and the Lord, like he normally does, um, kind of bothers me because I was going to go over my notes for the next day because I was preaching in church, and I was just going to go over my notes, make sure I was in there because I landed at midnight, got to get, get to bed, get up in the morning, and um, I said, Lord... As I started to say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Lord, I'm with you. What are we doing? I'm saying, okay, I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I said, and I'm not saying this out loud so you, you, know, you can relax. I'm saying it in a way that I'm muttering under my breath and I'm saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, create that environment right now. Put me right where you want me, right where the people need to be that, I, that need to hear about you and, and how wonderful you are. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm just going to go on and do what I'm going to do. But you have your way. And, I'm, and what I'm doing is I'm prophetically speaking into that situation that the Holy Spirit wants me to speak into. I get on the aircraft. I'm sitting right at the back. It's noisy at the back. How many of you have ever travelled down the back? You know, Down the back, it's waving around like a dog's tail, right? And it's, it's as noisy as all get out, right? But I'm, I'm down the back. I'm, I'm just minding my own business. It's a night flight going, going into the night. And... Um, I put my light on onto my little table and I've got my Bible out there in my notes and I'm just looking and everybody's just minding their own business. And, and these two miners, you know, they're working on the mines in Australia. They're behind me and they're going home to New Zealand. And one guy's standing up and he's very animated. I don't know whether he'd had a pint or two, but he's very animated. And he says, and he's speaking very loudly, like you, three or four rows could hear him. And he goes, G'day, mate, how you doing? Hey, what you reading there? <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit has just told me that he wants to share, me to share my faith. I didn't expect how many people there was going to be, you know. But I thought, okay. And I, I kind of shut my eyes and, and said, Lord, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I just said, it's hard for me not to cry because of what happened. Because that man with his mate were animated. They were very respectful. I said, listen. I'm, I'm what you call a minister um, or a priest. You wouldn't want to say that too much these days, but um, I'm, I'm a priest. It's just so he could understand. And I said, I'm in charge of a church, and tomorrow morning I've got to get, deliver a, a speech at church, and I'm just going through my notes, and this is my Bible. He goes, oh, cool, mate, cool. And he said, and so he, he wanted to know what was going on in the Bible. <laughs> and I said, and he's very animated, and we've got about three or four rows of the plane now listening to this conversation. Because I'm upping my voice to get over the noise. And I'm saying to him, the wonderful things that Jesus can do for you when he gets inside of you and he transforms you. And I said, but he, I, I said, I don't have to stand up for Jesus. I said, he can stand up for himself. I said, what you need to do. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit interjected into my, he says, tell him you'll write a prayer for him. So I said, oh, great idea, Holy Spirit. Hey, what I'll do is I'll write a prayer for you. Oh, cool, mate. Excellent. Right? I said, you take that prayer away to somewhere private 
And I said, you just get, I said, you read this thing out. I said, you believe it in your heart. Come with a sense of faith and read this prayer out. And I says, God will reveal himself to you. This is to this minor and his mate. So I'm writing, I'm busy going, I've got to get this done, you know. And I'm busily writing the two things for him. And all of a sudden, what I didn't know was that wasn't the main target. Across the aisle is this beautifully dressed lady. She's classy. She's got black hair down to her shoulders. She's just dressed beautifully. She's a beautiful woman. And I see her hand coming. I'm writing and I see the hand coming across the aisle. I, and I, so I'm looking like this. And, I, and the hand's coming across. And she's a really shy lady. She's very, very reserved. She's shy, but she, she reaches out to me and in a quiet voice she says, can you write me a prayer too? And then she's, she's whispering to me. She says, I got so abused when I was younger and now I live in depression. And my I can't explain to you the feelings that I had right there. I said, please, Lord, don't let me blow it now. And I said, oh, it would be a pleasure for me to write that prayer for you. And I wrote the prayer down and as I'm writing the prayer, I'm encouraging. I said, you take this away. And I said, you go into a private place and I said, you ask God to come and heal your heart. I said, God will reveal himself. He'll put all your pieces back together. And I said, that is the most exciting thing that you will ever, ever experience. And I folded it up and she says, I'll do that. I'll do that. And she slipped it into her bag. What am I doing? I'm prophesying into that environment what God's will is. And it's, there's people responding. Three or four rows of people heard the gospel. Okay. I got prayers given out to three people. I got off that aircraft that day and I thought to myself, that's the way we're meant to live. We're meant to live in a way that we go to our work. We don't bombard people. We don't smack people down. We just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, create the environment by which I can speak in a way that uplifts people, the way that encourages them, the way that loves on them, not banging them on the head. And you know what will happen? Awesome things will happen. You can go and sit at your lunchtime table and just sit there having your lunchtime and say, Lord, if you want somebody to come and sit here and maybe share, you sit them right there. And all of a sudden somebody will come over, can I share lunch with you? And you say, yeah, I've been expecting you. Just have, just, <laughs> don't tell them that, but just, just, <laughs> just say, say. And the gospel goes, the gospel becomes a matter of conversation. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. He's wise. And it's the heart of God. No good thing does God withhold from those whose walk is upright. No good thing. I am not dictated to by the fear that we have in society at the moment. I'm not dictated to by the economy that's going down the gurgler. I am not dictated to by them. I'm on God's economy. I'm on God's time. I'm on God. I'm, I belong to God's family. He's the one who looks after me. And all he wants me to do is cooperate with him and see an exciting life. He wants us to become a prophetic people. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter who is the next pastor here. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you become a prophetic people. I want us to do a, a prophetic action this morning. Do you want to join me here? I want to teach you how to do this. This is a prophetic action. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to do it for you as an individual first. Now, this is what the Bible says. Out of the throne of God, out of the throne of God, flows a river of life. It flows from underneath his throne, the Bible says. And everything that it touches, it brings life to. I want you, I want you to know this. When Jesus walked past that fig tree, he, this would made an awesome movie, but he just sucked the life out of that fig tree. Like, because he is the author of life. But everything he touches that want, he wants life, um, cause life, it just, it flourishes. And, and the Bible says in John's Gospel that if you believe, if you believe, if you have faith, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. They can become rivers of living. What's that going to do? It's going to touch everything around you and it's going to live. And God wants to you to live today. He wants you to take your health issues. He wants you to take your financial issues. He wants you to take the things that have been bugging you and he wants you to declare over them his goodness. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's the way God works. He's good to us. The devil wants to tell you God's far away from you and he's not good and he wants to mutter these things into your head. But you go, no, God is good. God is good. God is good. I'm teaching my eight-year-old um, grandson at the moment about God's goodness. What do we do? We step outside every day to go to school. And when we go to school, every single morning, this is what we say, what a great day, full of opportunities. Lord, help us not to blow it. Be part of our lives. So this is what his prayers are like now. When I hear him pray before he goes to bed, or I hear him pray at the table, he goes, dear God, thank you for this wonderful day. And then he goes off into his thing, thank you for this and thank you for that. And, he's, and I'm teaching him to be a prophetic person and he's going to be a prophetic, awesome or prophetic person. Why? Because that's God's will for his life. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.